Doreen Habeshi graduated from Bailey University in May of 2020. She majored in accounting and entrepreneurship. She recently moved to Washington, D.C. for her new job in public accounting and is using her spare time to study for the CPA. Her story is not that of an average Baylor student. Being a third culture kid, she had to navigate interesting waters moving from Cairo, Egypt to Waco, Texas. Devin. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode seven of season three of Campus Cuts. Today, I got a special guest. I got a really great friend. I got a Jesus lover. I got an Egyptian. I got somebody that is so intelligent, so smart, so passionate, loves people, um, culturally aware, and someone that just wants to continue to spread love and just live a good life. Um, Doreen, welcome to the show. Thank you, T. I'm excited to be on here. Man, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out to be on it. Like, it's an honor. It's, it's honestly an honor to have you. Um, I cannot believe, like, we're in different countries right now in the middle of a pandemic, but we're still doing this, which is awesome because you can do that from anywhere. You can do that from anywhere. The internet is crazy. I know. Scary, but good. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, during, well, of course, you know, um, welcome to Campus Cuts. Campus Cuts is not a podcast anymore. It's a talk show. The Campus Cuts talk show is a multi-generational, you know, multicultural, intergenerational show that brings students, faculty, staff from all walks of life to chop it up. Obviously, we're not a barbershop, but the whole concept is to be able to bring barbershop talk to an experience for everybody to feel safe. I'm super passionate about talking to people, about listening and hearing different perspectives. And um, I know that you have a great perspective, and that's why I wanted you to on the show. So before we have to let the audience know, like, who, what are you about? So I guess the introduction question is, um, what is your name? What is your occupation? Slash, what major did you graduate from? And why did you choose Baylor? And then after that, we move out from there. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so my name is Doreen. I... I'm gonna start my job end of this month as an audit associate um, okay. for a company, an uh, accounting firm here. Um, and I originally grew up in Egypt. We here for, from Cairo, Egypt, to Waco, Texas, so my dorm room. Um, and then uh, afterwards, my family moved to uh, DC area and um they were planning on moving to texas but plans changed and but i was there so i was like i'm gonna have to stay here to finish school um so i did that and then what got me to baylor which is funny because i was just talking to a friend about this yesterday when you live outside of america you don't know the ins and outs of schools you don't know the ins and outs of states so you just like literally look at websites and like virtual tours and you're like oh does this look better does this look better like you have no frame of comparison like i don't know i mean it's totally different to choose a school in texas than to choose a school in colorado or to choose a school in dc um so i just got a few scholarships and my aunt lived in houston i was like sure i'll just choose baylor so pretty it's like you fall into it you don't really make the decision almost especially right. when you have no frame of reference but thankful for it um i think the first i mean i just graduated in may but the further away i am from that experience 
the more the fuller of a picture I can see in retrospect and be like oh that was actually good and parts of it that I didn't like I'm like oh now I appreciate this part of Baylor more um, and of course I'm also see what I've missed just being in a tiny city in Texas um, so um, but I loved it I mean it's an it's an experience you know I'm never probably gonna go like if I'd gone to a different school I wouldn't have experienced all that I have at Baylor um, and now I'm currently studying for the CPA which is something you know it's like yeah um, it's four parts I'm currently working on the first part um, it's weird to study when you don't have anyone that is like I can push the test I can schedule it whenever I want so I'm really having to learn like self-discipline and just be like I have to do this I just have to rip the band-aid get it over with uh, but just blessed to be able to do this and for the company to be providing for me to get it um, yeah that's so dope that's so dope you know I actually I want to go more into your origin story because you came from Egypt all the way over to the United States um, when when did that happen and why did you like why did you decide to go take the leap or why did your family decide to take the leap to move from Egypt to come to the US so my mom actually worked uh, for the Egyptian for the American Embassy in Egypt for okay. 25 years and afterwards it's like they are like hey you work for the American government for this amount of time we want you to come here and keep working here just as like a reward for serving they're thinking about moving back just because it is a beautiful country to live in um and just even being here you it's kind of the same with Baylor it's like you move from Waco and you're like oh I appreciate this place because of these things that are not here right. so the same with Egypt is like you move here and you're like it's not perfect here either mm-hmm. um so I think I've come to the conclusion that there's not one perfect place to live in um, I think globally we've said, oh, like America's the best country to live in or Canada's best, or whichever. But I do think there are, it, it's a two-sided coin to every story in every country. Um, right. Yeah. So we moved, I moved here 20, uh, 2016 wow. or 20, yeah, 2016 before I started Baylor. Um, and my family was still in Egypt. First year was really interesting. I really enjoyed my freshman year. Um, we lived in like the most diverse dorm on Baylor's campus. Yeah. It kind of gives you a false pretense on what <laughs> it's like, cause you're like, oh my gosh, there are people from everywhere here, like North Russell, shout out. But, and then you like sophomore year, like, wait a second, <laughs> that was not reality. Right. Or that was just a really concentrated place. But it was definitely, eased me into Baylor or eased me into that culture of Baylor that, I mean, I remember my first day, like before classes start, we were helping this other dorm move in and one guy stopped me, tops me and was like, so um, is Egypt in India? And I was like, oh gosh, where am I? That was kind of like my moment where I was like, oh crap, what did I do? Why am I here? Like, so at first I was like, wow, this is a totally different world. People don't and like, I'm sorry, but like Prince of Egypt, Egypt is one of the like stereotype 
like countries and movies. So I'm like, it's not in India. It's just right. not, you know? Well, yo, and you know, speaking of that, you know, I, I saw a meme. I'm not sure if you saw the meme, but um, of the, the Sphinx with the white guy on it. Yes. <laughs> I, like, but like America has definitely done such a great job of depicting Egypt in such a Eurocentric way that it's kind of like damaging. I'm like, wait, no, nah, like, what, no. what are your thoughts about like just the way how it is painted sometimes? And, and, and I'm like, um. It's so interesting to me because it feels like, so one time I was stopped at church and someone, one mom was like, hey, can you meet my son? He's really interested in Egypt, blah, blah. And so I talked with him for a little bit. He was such a cute boy. Like he was interested in Egypt and just like ancient Egypt. And I just found myself only talking to him about what he learned in class, which was literally like pyramids, sphinx, like, like all these things. It's like, like kids take classes on these things. And that's why I think it leaves this perspective that we live in pyramids, which is also questions I got. Do we live in pyramids? Do I, do I have a camel parked under my house? Just like all these bizarre questions that are because like you learned about Egypt in elementary school and that was it like one guy asked me so um do where do you get your iphone from i was like come on come on like so i think people just like like did you watch beyonce's ape shit video oh uh, yes 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 oh, i love that video um and it just happened it's the first time i ever heard you curse <laughs> <laughs> It's a song, it's, you know, it's the name of the song. But um, so um, I've just been, I, for some reason, I rewatched it the past few days and just read an article about it, about how like, one, I love that the video was placed in the Louvre and it's just like, it feels like it's people from Africa conquering the Louvre instead of the French colonizing all of us down there. Um, and just like, part of it has the Sphinx in it, just showing that history is not just like Christopher Columbus and all these, like all the history that is here is not the global history. The global history is Egyptian history and the first people. And so I think it's that because we have been colonized by like Europe so much, like all the African countries, like especially Egypt, like we still have French words in our vocabulary because we were, it just stuck around. I think it is that it's almost like stealing the narrative from us and creating, oh, wait, this is Egypt. No, wait, actually, this is blah, 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 or that's what they do, or let's put that in our textbooks, or even just like the depiction of Jesus in mm. movies and just like literally having either having the whole cast be Middle Eastern, but having Jesus be pasty as heck. I'm like, he was from the Middle East. He was not white, you know, it just wasn't. And I remember us watching these videos back home and I'm being like, interesting. Like, I've not seen one person like that walking the streets, you know? Um, so just the, just almost the perspective that white or European or that, that that is the solution or the lens through which we see everything I think is dangerous. And it was dangerous for me as a child mm. to like see through that and be like, oh wait. So it's like ancient Egyptian history is celebrated to that extent or like up to this 
year and then afterwards Egypt is non-existent or so it's just interesting to me to see how much that has shaped even my education going to international schools in Egypt and yeah it just makes you sit back and think like whose voice am I listening who's writing the story that I'm listening to that is actually my story mm, that's, um, a really good point. that's a really good point I like that yeah and so when it came to that you know you come into America 2016 and you know like how were you able to get a hold of your story how were you able to like you know when was the moment that you're like you know what I'm going to take the narrative um this is my narrative and I'm going to continue to embrace it rather than run away did you have any like trouble like really accepting who you were especially when either like growing up or when you came to the states or you were like always hey, I'm so proud of this. I'm so proud to be who I am. I'm not, never had any identity issues. Yeah, that's a good question. I think, one, I think being an Egyptian Christian is really interesting because, like, I remember growing up and my grandpa telling me, you don't identify as Middle Eastern because you are Christian. You identify as an African because we are in Africa. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then, but then even on paper, I'm like, I always never know what to choose. I'm like, am I African? Am I Middle Eastern? Are we? And then in the census, I end up putting white, which is really interesting. <laughs> what? Why? I know. I'm like, what? Okay, sure. sure. Um, but yeah, so I think even when I'm asked, are you, do you consider yourself African? It's such a deep question that honestly will remain unanswered for a long time but um because we are we are in we are part of technically part of the middle east culturally i think right but then we are in africa um and then as a christian woman saying that a middle eastern connotates a different religion than what i believe in so that in itself is one part of it and then just going to baylor and i think literally i feel like my freshman year it just felt like exoticism was written on my forehead like that was like no one really knew where to put me so I was put in the she's different she's from a new country she's all that different things um and I stepped it's like people put that role on me and I stepped into it and I was like Mm -hmm. I'm from a cool country like and that was it that was where the conversation ended almost I think especially at Baylor and I feel you can relate because there's so little minorities that yeah. You end up being called a minority, you know? It's like, we're all minor. It's not like, oh, wait, no, you are African. Oh, wait, you are Middle Eastern. You are from this country. It's, we all get lumped on in one bucket, um, which I think it was dangerous for me because I end up being like, wait, I relate to this group and this group, but there's no group for me. There aren't, I mean, I met one Egyptian. She left Baylor early. And then I met our other friends that, were Lebanese and I was like oh yeah these are my people just like when you can't find like you almost I'm not meaning you settle but you end up just lumping yourself up with anyone which honestly I just read I heard this in a podcast I'm like this is really good that even just calling ourselves minorities is not is saying that the American majority is the global majority but here not the global you know yeah yeah which is another part of the whole narrative. Who's controlling the narrative and how what they're saying is, is 
now I identify on how they are explaining who I am, you know? Yeah. It's just mind-boggling. <laughs> the, the white people at the top. <gasps> no. Uh, <laughs> but no, that is honestly such a good point and such a true point because, you know, when you look back at history and you see, like, even, like, the National Geographic that said by 2050, the world is going to look like people, like, they're going to look like you. They're going to look fair-skinned, curly hair, light eyes, because due to um, to interracial marriages and intermixing, and also, like, honestly, the, uh, like I remember reading a statistic in United States government class about population, and we know that the white population is actually decreasing. Like, it's, it's shrinking in the United States, and it's going to be the minority. And it's funny because, like, there already are a global minority in itself. Right. Mm-hmm. I know that I could be a little bit touchy area because people are like, oh, no. And that's where theories come in. Like they're trying to erase us. <laughs> and I'm wondering or not that's true. But I mean, the stats are showing that, yo, like. And so we're over here. And I really I really don't like how the American media and this is why, you know, start my own media group. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yes, no, but like the American media is really painting a picture that is um, one very propaganda based. Um, not really doing a great job. Like, honestly, if you get your news from the cable, if you get your news from the TV and, you're not, and you don't read or you don't write or you don't see what's actually going on, you're dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're dumb. Yeah. But, and, and it's crazy because that narrative and how that continues to shift really does have such an impression. And really, and just think about it, how we grow up seeing these images when we're young. They start when we're, we're very, very young. And they always say like, oh, well, you know what, you're less than, or, oh man, like there's not a lot of you, you're different. Or, oh, you're different because it's not good. And after that, they try to flip the scripts and like, oh no, it's good now. Like, you know, it's good to be different. I was like, wait, like, it's so, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, and it comes back to the point, like, it, like you were saying, if you look at the media and take your identity from how they describe you, then you're just going to keep going back and forth with what, with who's in power, with which party's in power, with which media outlets you're listening to. Just like even the fact that you have these huge media outlets buying all the small ones. So like local news is going totally down and then you have all these big companies pushing just one point of view and we don't, we consume it and we don't realize what we're consuming and where is it coming from and we're, it's becoming pretty like mono, like just like same thinking, same way of describing stuff, same pettiness, honestly, that is like not, it, it's just kind of crazy to be like, because I think with the news, it's, you don't know what you're consuming un, until you like take a step back and are like, wait, what's happening? Like, what am I reading, you know, or where am I getting my news from? And just like even and like when we lived in Egypt, we had to be in tune with the news because it affected our day to day. Like, even if like I was thinking of going back to Egypt this summer and it's like, okay, wait, what are they saying? Okay, wait, are the airports open? Oh, they said that everyone from America has to get tested before they come in. It's like all these different rules. So I can't not look at the news, but the question is which, and I never take the second to be like, which news outlet do I actually trust? Like, I never asked myself that question first. So, like, it make, it begs the question, like, are we being fed information that it affects how we perceive ourselves even not? That, that's some really good stuff that you said there. Um, wow, that's powerful. Um, and I really liked how you talked about, you know, people being people. Um, and that's another thing. Remember um, in church, we talked about Rami. And, like, hey. yeah. <laughs> like, 
obviously you've watched it, watched some of it. So how was that to see that honest representation of a millennial slash Generation Z perspective of being, you know, Egyptian, mommy's Muslim, but, you know, you being Christian and also like, you know, being, you know, in America, like talk about that. Oh man, I love that show. Um, we definitely watch, my family definitely watches that show like multiple times. We watch all episodes. I literally watched one yesterday with some of my friends. Like, I think it just captures it beautifully, it captures the intricacies and like the small cultural things that, um, and I think it also exposes the loneliness, which I think is a big part of the plot. It's just like, living in a country where you don't belong or where you feel like you like you always miss part of you that is in Egypt and I will always be there and um and just the cultural just even just showing the collectivist and just the community culture that we have in Egypt that is really missed here um is something I just even like have been seeing just even seeing how different people are reacting to covid for example and just how like because egypt is more, a more of a collectivist country we're all going to stay home to take care of each other you know mm-hmm. Whereas, like, this piece is missing here people are trying to do them but trying to be safe but that's secondary the collective how everyone's doing how people that are vulnerable are doing is not being put as a priority is um something that even is just even in the show it's like if Rami's uncle or siblings need something you just drop everything and help your family member you know or go wherever you go with them to trips wherever they need to be you help them with work you know and I think that is something I really miss here is just like in Egypt it's like if we had a problem or um just I remember when my grandpa passed away it's like all my friends dropped everything and like drove us to the funeral made sure they organized the funeral with my parents and helped with that and it's just like that collectivist culture in an individual when you grow up in that and then come here and you're like wait a second we're friends like we just drop you know and I don't even think people's jobs here give them space to be like that like I'm not blaming the individual but I know here you have like 12 days or whatever and that you know so I think it is also how this how the whole country is set up doesn't foster good relationships and even especially here in a city like DC friendships take a back like it's first it's career 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 hustle 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 and then community and friendship is um is less of a priority um i think affects people in their jobs and just people's mental health more than we think you know which is i think mental health is a huge issue here and just show, like i feel like rami exposes that loneliness and is like calls it for what it is you know and just shows how much of a hard time he's having um so I just, I love that show. It's really funny. All like, and it shows the whole process, A to Z, just even the mom getting her citizenship. Like, <laughs> all of it. No, then when she's getting her citizenship and then she followed the person because of the, 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 the Uber driver, how she got forced <laughs> out. <laughs> all of it. The Uber driver, her like rehearsing, putting her earphones. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my yeah. gosh, that is hilarious. Are you a citizen or you're on a visa? So I'm on a I'm on a PR card. So I'm I have a green card, so I will be a citizen in a year. Okay. Um, gang, 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 gang. Able to vote. So there you go. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. That is so that's so amazing. I and love that you watch the show. Like you were the first person to mention to me, and I was like, I'm not the only one that watches wrong. No, no, no. Like I'm tell I, I was telling my family. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm like, yo, I'm going to be on a TV show. I'm either going to, it's either going to be Campus Cuts, um, because I was watching this thing yesterday um, called United Shades of America with Kamu Bell. And, uh, and then also there's this, another lady called um, Kelly L. Edwards. Um, she has Mysterious Islands. Um, she travels, she's like Anthony Bourdain, you know, travels around the world, different whatever. And I'm like, well, I'm already doing something similar like that. It's like, I know, when I was in Mexico, I was like, man, I really feel like I'm the black Anthony Bourdain. Like I'm <laughs> traveling, I'm talking to people, I'm doing, trying different foods. Like this is what I'm gonna do. And um, I'm, I'm technically, I'm a host, right? So I'm like, yeah. well, and I just know if everything aligns with, hopefully I hear back from this podcast program on Friday um, for, by Google. If I get it, awesome, praise. If not, okay, it's cool, but I'm still gonna figure it out because I know that um, I wanna be on TV one day. It's gonna happen and I'm making it happen. And just even just these cultural shows, I think, do so much more to, like, make people feel heard. My family felt heard just watching it. And just, I think, gives other people context on how things work in different cultures and just makes it, even makes us able to talk about this, you know? Because you've seen so much of it on the show and just the, the ins and outs of it. And it's the small things that make up the big things, you know? It's just like how we eat or like how how the mom and the dad talk to each other or the sis you know so I do think there's so much value in these cultural shows um and there are more than one of them I'm trying to I'm trying to remember which uh, what similar shows I've watched but they just give you perspective you know mm-hmm. and it's entertainment it's great entertainment. it's a great entertainment man, and something of value um you said a really good point um so you're now in you know you're adulting how does it feel to be an adult <laughs> like how is that transition out of co- like how like you so you know you think the friendships have taken a back seat like do you still have friends like because i mean that's one thing that i'm wondering like okay so, so <laughs> no yeah super valid question i think we need to start more talk more start talking more about just how hard young adulting is i think it's like when you're in college you're like yeah i'm gonna be like this cool professional like i mean covid just like i'm the professional from home but um it's like i think i like before before i graduated i was like oh i see this like sexy version of me that is just like driving a cool car driving to work you know um and then you like get here and you're like oh gosh this is actually really hard um i think it it's definitely really interesting uh one i think because of covid so it's hard for me to figure out like is that because of covid or is that just young adulting but i have read honestly in a lot of places how like young adulting triggers sometimes mental um illnesses and just a lot of different stuff just because you're so displaced And it's all of a sudden you're plucked out of your friends, your community, people you've been building life with. And after college, there's no path, you know, it's like, you gotta make your own. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Which it's like, it's like you're being kicked off. Like it's like 
you're like, it's like, it's just like learning how to bike, you know, like at some point you can't, you just have to do it and fall, you know, and it feels like in high school, you had teachers telling you what to do in college, you had professors telling you what to do in elementary school, middle school, your parents were telling, you know, and now it's like, okay, now you have to do it, which part of it is really exciting and freeing. It's like, oh my gosh, I can do this and I can do this on the side and I can start this. But then also part of it is scary. And it's like, you beg the question, what if I fail? It's like, this is something I feel like you have to face. Um, and at Baylor, I had such a good group of friends. Like I never, and me and my friend were just talking yesterday in Waco, there's nothing else to do but to be with people. Like you're not just going to go hiking or you're not going to go like, you know, you're just going to eat with people somewhere or all that different stuff. So we were in constant natural community whether that is with people we live with or all that stuff so getting plucked out of that was definitely like abrupt it was like oh wait that's it like um definitely those extremely thankful for my friends that I'm definitely still in contact with and have been such a support system but I also want to be present here too it's like it just really reminded me from my transition from Cairo to here it was like you want to be talking to people and never like just not speak but it's like you have to choose to be present to the place you're in or else you're not gonna build a life where you are like I can't just always be like up talking to my friends back home and just like and never cultivate a life here like you can't have like one foot in and one foot out you know um so just one learning that balance of like I love my friends and I love talking to them both in Egypt and my friends from Waco but I also want to be present where I am to be part of the community that I'm being placed in um have you found community Actually, I have in really interesting places, just like have friends from Baylor here that got me connected to their different friends. Um, definitely extremely thankful for the diversity of my friends right now. It's something I definitely really missed in Waco. And I'm not just saying like color, I'm just saying like different walks of life. Like I have one friend that is developing patents and one friend that is doing this and one friend, you know, and I think that's also like the charm of DC is just like, literally people are doing the craziest stuff they didn't even think one was doing you know like it's beautiful um so it I think you have to like choose to be friends with people here like you have to reach out and push to be friends with people because you weren't in their life like two months ago and now you have to be like hey we're friends like remember you know um so so my birthday is actually this week, which is really funny. And cause it's just been the craziest week, but, um, I was like, my birthday always falls like before school. So I remember even before Baylor I was like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to celebrate my birthday with no one that I know? Um, so I was like, Oh, I wonder how this year is going to go. And I actually have friends that I'm having dinner with that we've gotten to be really close just through these past two months. So I think it's definitely the grace of God. And also just like, knowing people from Baylor here and knowing different friends. Um, so it's definitely been different, but yeah. I love it. I just love it here. Um, definitely young adulting is not as beautiful, as cool as, you know, like I was almost like told, I feel like we need to prepare people better when they leave college. Like it will be hard and really confusing, you know? Right. Uh, I've loved it. Um, and just even, I'm almost relearning how to have Egyptian friends here, honestly, just because, like, in Waco, I never had that luxury. Right. And, like, I remember first, like, first friend I met here, she was like, 
wow, you don't seem too Egyptian to me, which was like, there's so much I can say. She's not even Egyptian, but there's so much I can say about that. But it's also like, I had to lose part of myself being in Waco naturally to adapt, you know? And it's been fun. Yeah, which goes back to our first question that was like my identity and how I'm finding it. And I think a huge part of it is, a huge part of that process is happening right now where I'm like, okay, because you have people on both sides of the spectrum when you move into America, you're either going to be congregated in a place that only has your people and it's literally going to seem like you guys move together to a different country and are just sticking together, which I think is, can be really healthy but also disrespectful to the culture you're in. Cause you're like, we're just going to live how we do it. You know, you were, you were going to say something. <clears throat> okay. So that, so then now I'm relearning how to have Egyptian friends and I love it. I think it has to be a balance of both like people from here. Like you can't be siloed uh, in, in here and try to make it on your own in your little community. And you can't just like, like get plucked from your roots which is what happened when I was in Waco and I lost a huge part of myself through it is because I just didn't have friends that I can talk to about this stuff because they just weren't there there weren't any Egyptians almost I mean there are a few but I only met them like last year because they were a lot younger you know it's just like so I've definitely been enjoying finding that sweet middle spot where you have people, some of your people, but also some people that you make your people, you know? Right. And interesting, not the easiest, but definitely really just stretching and growing and fun. That's how I explain it. That's awesome. Everything's weird. It's weird to you. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it is, man. I bet it is. I mean, I think COVID really kind of, no, COVID was a shift. COVID was a shift for a lot of people. Like, this is the, you know, everybody's like 2020 vision. Like, no. This is a shift. Everybody's like 2020 vision. And um, you're either, and it really exposed people for what, who they are, um, yeah. what they're about, whether in their career experience or like their friendships and their relationships. It's just a bunch of things, right? And um, man, like this is the shift. Like, yo, if you're not a shark, <laughs> you're going to drown. No, truly. You're being cooped up in a house with your thoughts, you know? And a lot of it is discipline in the office you had to work or your boss was gonna like be like you know so now it's just like you and your self this it's just you it's just you <laughs> yeah it's a lot of self-discipline like discipline for sure because i've seen myself on days wanting just to like cruise at home and just like watch tv and just eat and just snack and you know, not work you know it's super easy to fall into that you know Right. So definitely stretching. Interesting time. That's amazing. Well, I do have one last question for you. Um, or two. These are the two last questions of the show. The first mm-hmm. question is, what are three things that you would like to tell your freshman yourself? That's a good question. I know it is. <laughs> I know it is. One thing that like immediately came to mind is just that not to be invested only in one thing, not be invested mm. in one community or not to be invested in, one, in a certain group of people. Like I made the mistake and, I'll, and it's hard for, for me to even say it is a mistake, but I think it's, it's okay to regret stuff and be like, that could have gone better because that's how you learn, you know? Um, a lot of positive things came out of it, but I definitely would have, 
is that I invested in one community, in one church community, and that was my whole life. That's where I invested all my time. That's where all my friends are, were from. And you just create this bubble around you and end up not seeing, not being able to see beyond it until literally like my my junior year when I was like, wait a second, like, why am I doing, you know, like, there's so much else out there that I have been deprived of just because I found a comfortable space that I was in, you know? So I say being comfortable is really good, especially freshman year. And you're like, where am I? What is happening? But I also think I'd also tell myself, be intentional about joining different things that you wouldn't have been part of. That's the glory of college, you know, is like being able to be surrounded by different people, communicating, connecting, getting different perspectives. So just don't silo yourself out in one certain group of people that a lot of times end up being, yeah, it's just, it's really healthy sometimes, but also can be unhealthy because you're just like tight knit and in a really aggressive way, not allowing either other people in or people out almost. Kind of like a cult. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're catching my drift. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Um, second thing I would say is, um, I think I was like rushing. I think part of that mistake, the first mistake was because I was rushing to find the group, you know, no one likes to be uncomfortable. Same with young adulting, you know, it's like, you just want to like find something to latch onto, you know, that tells you who you are. And honestly, just to be frank, that can be a church that can be a sorority that can be a fraternity that can be a group of friends that becomes your everything so i would say i would tell myself to just be okay with being uncomfortable and um just like not fitting anywhere until i find the spot where i'm being challenged i think it is to i don't think i was a a part of it that it was at some point i felt like i was like everyone around me affirms me like I'm not being pushed or challenged, you know? So be okay with being uncomfortable. You're not in a lot of phases of life, except when starting your stuff, um, which is, is, yeah, which is the phase that is post-college and also pre-college. So just be okay with just feeling like you don't don't belong anywhere because that's, I think that's where a lot of the growth happens. Um, Third thing I'd say would be, it's just like free yourself or like, I've been learning a lot about that. It's just like, I think a lot of times our brains are it's like, or our thoughts make us stuck in a certain area or make us stuck in a certain um, thought process, or it's just like trying to control or trying to hold on to something. Right. So I feel like just liberating yourself to like, things don't have to be done a certain way. I don't know who said that, but things are done in different ways, especially when you're new to an area. So just like liberate yourself from things going a certain way or from, and be okay with not knowing what you're doing. It's kind of, it's kind of all three points kind of combined, but just like I changed my major 50,000 times in college. Like so many times. I think I've changed them like three, four times. I remember them telling me like, okay, you need to figure it out, you know, because we're forced to figure it out. I can't like, how can an 18 year old know what they want to do for the rest of their life? You know, so like it's so, I mean, I graduated on time at the end. (laughs) So just like, uh, be okay. And even if I think I've even started encouraging people, if you don't know what you want to do, like take it, take a year, take a time, like 
why pay 60 grand a year to do something that you're not sure of? That is such sound like a wrong investment. Like, oh, that's a, like that is a scam. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. I think it's getting dismantled right now because everything's online and I'm loving it. Like I'm loving watching it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just say, don't be stuck in one community, liberate your thoughts and just self to f- just free yourself from expectations whether that is to have a perfect career or a perfect major. And then the third thing was, what was the third thing? Yeah, free yourself. That was the third thing, to free yourself. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. That, that is so good. I love it. Um, last question is, what do you want your legacy to be? Ooh, that's, no, that's a harder question. Hey, man. Uh, I'd be asking tough questions. Campus- no, I love it. We chopping it up. Though. I would say um, I want my legacy to be um, I just want to leave which is definitely like easier said than done but I want to have an impact on people I relate to day to day so big vision is like practically I think I want to one day help people in my country and different countries start their own businesses, um, which is okay. why. Okay, okay, VC, venture capital, okay, okay, international. I just do think business is the solution to poverty and just empowering people to start their own thing and being like, you don't need help from people, you can do this, um, which is part of why I'm studying accounting because it is the language of business. Um, but just even just like, I've just seen people in Egypt and people in other countries just have these beautiful ideas, but you just have to, I just want to be able to push and empower people. And to do that, I feel like I still need to gain some skills and gain almost respect in a network of people. So I don't think corporate America is my dream job, but I think it's part of the process. Um, So I just want I just want to be able really to help people start their own businesses and just get themselves on their own feet rather than helping than needing help from people. Right. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Well, this is the very last segment of the show. It's a show that I speak life, um, speak life segment where I get to speak life with my guest. Uh, Doreen, I just want to say, man, you are, you're one, you're funny. <laughs> nah, man. Um, I just love your humility. I love your passion. I love, um, everything about you, who you are, who you, God has created you to be. You are an example and you are a light of love. I remember the story when Marcus told me about you when we were at um, Cane's and uh, like how you were so bad at driving. I am. That's so true. <laughs> but no, besides that, you, you have always been um, so welcoming, so warm, so, and that mixed with your intelligence, mixed with your your empathy and your experience and how you want to continue to, one, allow people to hear their stories to be heard, to allow your story to be heard, and for you trying to continue to empower people no matter what situation. Um, it's just so humbling just to be your friend. I'm super grateful for you and I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you being able to take that step you understanding that no barrier is going to come my way and you accepting life for what it is, but understanding that, you know what, this is what happened and I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to keep on going. And a lot of people have that mindset. And um, I just want to continue to encourage you in saying that you are doing amazing things. I'm so proud of you. 
see thank you so much and i love what you're doing too and just creating these spaces like i have been listening to some of the episodes and it's just like just bringing people in to just talk and chill you know people just need to hear different people and different struggles to be like i'm not alone especially in a time when it's just like chaos everywhere um so i just am here really here for your talk show um and in full support of it and we'll keep supporting it and i love it thanks Tom. Well, where can the people find you at if they want to follow if, they, if you want them to follow you so they can follow me on instagram it's my first name and last name, D-A-R-E-N-H-A-B-A-S-H-Y. Hit me up, guys. Um, I'll follow you back. Um, and uh, yeah, I have a website that is under construction, though. So you'll find that on my Instagram when it is fully finished. But um, yeah, and I just love hearing people's stories. So if anyone wants to talk, I love talking to anyone. She does. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, that is it for Campus Cuts. We are. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure you go watch the podcast on YouTube if you haven't. And make sure you go follow us on IG Campus Cuts Pod and follow us on each and every social media network. Thank you so much for the help. Hopefully, that we can get up back to where we were and hope you have a blessed day. Continue to share it, like it, love it subscribe and enjoy your time peace